here we are for the Right for the Stage podcast. Thank you for tuning in again. Where are we, Mike? We're hiding, aren't we? <laughs> Downstairs in the snug at the King's Arms at the Greater Manchester Fringe launch. Which is very exciting. So Right for the Stage, um, are one of the official sponsors for the um, Greater Manchester Fringe Festival. So we thought that we would um, have a little break from what we normally talk about and we would do some episodes directly from the Greater Manchester Fringe Festival. So the Greater Manchester Fringe Festival has been running for eight years and it currently runs in about 45 venues all across Greater Manchester. So that's not just Manchester City Centre, that goes out to Accrington and Bury and Moston. Rochdale, Moston. So it goes out all over the all over the Greater Manchester area, which is brilliant because it's people taking their theatre shows, their stand-up comedy, um, their kind of arts installations. There's quite a lot of ins- you know, kind of interactive installation. Type spoken things. word. Spoken word, poetry, um, which is kind of spoken word, isn't it? But it's yeah, I was just using the millennial word for it, whereas you were going <laughs> old school. We have Kath Marvelly with us, and she is performing at the King's Arms Studio on the 12th and the 13th of July at 6pm, and at the 14th um, of July at 4pm. Um, and the show is called Aussie Wildlife Festival. So tell us a little bit about your show. Kath. Great. Yeah, nice to meet you. Um, yeah, my show is all about the Australian, um, both the experience living over here, but the animals back in Australia, and a bit of the animals over here. Right. Uh, it's got a bit of crowd participation, but I've been, I've been trialling bits of it, and I have established what animals you guys want to know about. Right. Oh, right. Okay. It's the koala uh, <laughs> popping in the studio. I'm just, I'll just say for the people at home, she's holding it. Kath is now holding a koala puppet in her hand. There will be a selfie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Can I make? laughs> yeah it, it does talk as well. Good, good. But uh, yeah, so um, lots of animals, uh, lots of scares. Uh, for the British audiences trying to imagine what a suppose, teeming yeah. snake looks like. Oh my goodness, snakes are not something British people cope well yeah. with. No, no. no. I, I think Australia's we have a few grass whole... snakes, don't we? That's yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but I mean, I suppose in <laughs> Australia you've got a whole world of animals that we just do not have here. Don't yeah, we you? don't. We don't have lethal animals. There's the not many people who kill you. Yeah, yeah. 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 four yeah. or five <laughs> nice little adders yeah. that yeah. hurt no one. That's what you've got. So you grew up in. Uh, in Australia, presumably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Brisbane. Um, my parents are both like big conservationists, so I've grown up. My my dad also is from like out on a farm, so I've grown up with a lot of immersion in nature from a young age. Right. So I've got like a lot of stories um, about animals. My mum was also a biology teacher, so uh, I have a bit of random knowledge <laughs> yeah. um, as well as yeah. the stories about what's actually happened to me. Right. How does that relate then to your experience of England and ah? Because we like to think of ourselves as a nation that's very kind to animals and birds mm. and very interested in mm. them. And I wonder what your observations about that are. I have noticed that you guys love dogs. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there probably won't be jokes about dogs. <laughs> uh, cats as well. We're very dogs big and cat cats. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we won't be picking on mm. them. Uh, but you have, uh, you have a mixed relationship to the two sorts of squirrels. And apparently you don't much like swans or geese. Um, oh, yeah. well, a, a swan can break a man's arm. That's the yeah. Um, yeah. Swans yeah. and geese can be vicious. Geese yeah. can be vicious peckers as well. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. hiss, don't they? Yeah, hiss they, and peck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. near them too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but there's okay. other things I'm far more worried about over here, like the snow. Oh, which Ooh. isn't an animal. No, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I suppose it, it kind of. I suppose there are animals that you associate with snow, like yeah. penguins, which aren't here. Which aren't here. No, what are you talking no. about? I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. ripping. I'm just ripping. Yeah, yeah. 
That's okay. It's not an animal, but it might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. Okay, so you're on the King's Arms, 12th, 13th of um, July. And 14th. And 14th of July. So 4 pm on the 14th. What day of the week is the 14th? This Sunday. Sunday, right. So that's that's a night. Lovely Yeah, people like um, matinees in Manchester. So that's great. Good. Well, thank you very much for coming to talk to us. Thank you very much. I've got Hamish from Dalton Swine Club. who are performing a show called The Book of Now at Hope Aria House on the 26th and the 27th of July um, at 9pm. So thank you for coming and talking to us, Hamish. So just tell us a little bit about... So, so is, this is a... Um, did you, you wrote this show with the other... Yeah, with the other two members. So, um, yeah, we, we are just three friends who train together. Um, train together as actors, as writers? Actors, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the drama school that we went to is very heavily sort of pushes towards self-work so which yes, which school is that Royal Welsh College oh okay um, yeah. and they, they, they just the first two last assessments so first and second uh, they build a fringe there for you it's that they train as well and they go up to you whatever you want to do and they like, encourage you to create oh, your yeah, own work yeah, right. yeah. And, then, and if they think it's good enough they encourage you to just just keep writing because it's <laughs> so is it a devising method you use or yeah you? yeah well we the, one of the Ollie um, that guy uh, he points to picture in the brochure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. page 16 yeah. page 16 in the fringe bank the, the book of now the left um, yeah he, we did our second year one together and we sort of developed a writing technique which is sort of if you can call it improvisation so it, it all it is, is he'd write one line I'd write the next oh, okay right so so, well, so sat with each other doing it, yeah, just flipping it over. It, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah okay. it was fun, and it's um, uh, we did that for the majority of it, and all we did was stick them in sort of order and just played with it. So was it was that two characters, um, and you were one yeah. you were one voice and the other, and your uh, yeah, yeah. So it ended right. up being two characters, um, and it's pretty much the same premise. So it's the same sort of right technique, and weirdly the sort of same storyline came about where it's characters. There's no sort of set or sort of base um, but for some reason they're there and they're just acting out sort of it's as if they're on tangents the, the, you know they're the trying to sort of um, not face whatever it is that they're trying to avoid if you know what I mean okay. so it's like an avoidance thing and um, with this we put in a box who um, sort of starts to talk to these characters the box starts talking to yeah, me. Yeah, okay. yeah. Or like Alexa or... Yeah, like Alexa. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, exactly like that. And they sort of acknowledge that after a while. They all start the show and it's quite happy and it's silly. And then this box introduces itself and we, the characters, for some reason, react badly to it and sort of try and avoid it and come up with ideas to as why it's there and why it sort of... why it locks them in this sort of state sort of subconscious yeah really. great um, and what, what inspired that idea we don't know we, oh it just, yeah. just, just emerged yeah. yeah it sort of the box sort of came out you know as processes develop mm. um, it was just it just happened and the, the last we're back at Royal Welsh and Cardiff rehearsing and we've sort of been thinking about it heavily because we did 15 minutes of it in London in November went down really well and and is it developed since then or oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's going to be long obviously a lot more longer mm. and really had to think about it more yeah. um, so this this idea just popped up great um, and we're just obviously trying to link the present day to 
Yeah, Wonderful. So it's at Hope Aria House. Yes. 26th, 27th of July, which yes. is Saturday and some Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Um, 9 pm. Um, eight pounds is 45 minutes. The book of now. What have you been up to today, Meredith? And has it been any fun at all? You're looking very charming. What, like, tell yeah. people what you've got on your head because we're only on the. We've only got sounds. Tell people what you're wearing. You have it, it has, which goes with the theme upstairs, doesn't it? It's very kind of wicker man upstairs, isn't it? So, what have you been doing today? Oh, right, but what can they do with those? What can they do with the performance passes? Uh, they can go to um, different shows for free if they let you. Brilliant, brilliant, that's, that's really good, isn't it? And have you had any fun at all, or has it been jolly hard work? It's been quite hard work. Mm. <laughs> do you like meeting people? Yeah. I bet you've been really good at it, actually. Do you know how many passes you've given out? Have you given out one or two or loads and loads? Oh, you've got a very organised. She, she, she's now opening up, up a list. One, two, three, four, five, six. you have been busy. Seven, Look at you. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Proper list and you've been marking it off and doing little drawings. And you can count. Wow. Twenty-nine. Wow, that's You've 29. had to talk to twenty-nine people. Do we like actors and theatre makers or do we think they're all a bit up themselves? <laughs> <laughs> they're nice, aren't they? They're nice people. Everyone's been very friendly. Oh, and there's I a think. beautiful picture of Mummy and Lisa. And Lisa is who tell us who Lisa is. Uh, she, um, she's She runs the kids, and she helps run the fringe with your mummy, doesn't she? Yeah. But she's done a very good job. And have they let you have any snacks, or has it all just been work, work, work? <laughs> You've had some snacks. Good. good. Well, I'm glad you about need that. to be kept fed and watered while you're working. What's been the best bit? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you up on stage upstairs. Yeah when Mummy um, and Lisa were talking. So that was very brave to be up on stage with them. Do you want to perform when you're, when you, when you're older? Yeah. What kind of things do you want to do? Do you want to be an actor or a writer or? Actor. You to be an actor, mm. brilliant. Have you done any acting yet? Uh, <coughs> you've done comedy club, haven't you, at school yeah. with Ali and you've just got a show at the Fringe. Oh, wow. I've done um, pyjama drama while we do a few Pyjama drama? Oh, right, okay. Do it in year, nursery Wonderful. And um, who do you like? When you watch telly, who do you like watching? Is there anyone you really think is a great actor on telly? I, I like watching Doctor Who. You like Ooh. Doctor Who? With Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor? Uh, well, the new Doctor, where she's a woman Doctor, or did you like the old ones as I well? Like you like the old ones? David Tennant. Oh, right. He was Lots good, wasn't he? Lots of people like David Tennant. Yeah, and his glasses and his long brown coat. And do you have a favourite monster? Daleks or Cybermen or... Just whoever's on that week. 
Maybe the dolls. Oh yeah, it's yeah, they're scary, they're aren't they? Do you get scared by Doctor Who? Or you're quite brave. You get some, yeah, because you can be quite scared. I don't watch it, but you have to be brave. Yeah, well, that's why I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too scared. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for chatting with us. Yeah, thank you, Meredith. Yeah. It's been a great interview. Thank you very yeah. much. You're a natural. We're here with Lewis Woodward, who is in Bypass, um, which is being presented by Hung Theatre. Um, and it's on at 2022 Bar on the 29th of July at 8pm and the 30th and the 31st of July at 4.30pm and 8pm. So Lewis, tell us a little bit about the show. Yes, well, it's actually um, a selection of eight brand new plays. Um, so it's eight short plays, ten minutes each, um, written by um, some new writers. So as a company, um, Hung Theatre, we are a collection of writers um, first and foremost, we graduated from the Royal Exchange's Young Company two years ago. Brilliant. We've established Hung Theatre Company and this is our second showcase. So our first showcase was here in the King's Arms um, and we sold out and now we're bringing a brand new showcase. Is that Snowflakes? Yes, that was Snowflakes. Um, so it, so if it's um, short plays kind of as a collection, is what, what does bypass mean? Is, is, there, is there a connection between that word and all of the shows or...? Yes, well, as a group, we sat down and we had a bit of a brainstorming session to try and think about what we'd wanted to write and what our, um, our theme should be. Our, our first theme of Snowflakes was around the Snowflake generation, mm-hmm. um, and so the second theme um, was a little bit broader. We gave um, each of the writers, ourselves, the provocation of your home is being destroyed, have you got any parting words? Which is the idea that a bypass Great. is coming in oh, and right. destroying the town. So as a collection of writers, you, you kind of get together and you, you think about a theme and then you just have different takes on that theme? Yes. Oh, right, that's really interesting. Great. Yeah. So, and, and you all graduated from the Royal Exchange Young Play Young yeah. Company, Young yeah, company. as uh, part of the writers. So the piece you've written is called Death Sentence. Yes. Um, just tell us a little bit about how you took that theme and how you developed it into your show. Um, the theme was so um, broad for me at least because I think it can evoke feelings of um, deforestation um, migrant camps um, climate change, climate change um, HS2 HS2 that's what I mean it's destroying yeah. everything and so that's where sort of the leaping off point was um, I personally sat down and thought what did it evoke for me and it's almost it's, it's a death sentence for a town or a community, if something's going to be cut in right through your town or your home, yep. then it's almost, you know, it's that death sentence. Yeah, yeah, um, so that's where that came from. Um, the play itself is focusing on two um, estate agents who are trying to sell properties in this town and they've just come to the conclusion that their, their properties have been diagnosed with this bypass. Um, oh, I see. And right, you know, yes. they've, they've got a bit of a, of a death sentence. And so it's, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek at first. There's a lot of staples as to what your estate agents mm-hmm. are going to be. You know, how many calendar months have you got left? Um, just the general sort of lies that estate agents like to tell. Um, and then ultimately, you know, how they deal with that and bring it through. Right. So a lot to get through in that 10 minutes, but yeah, hopefully. But, uh, I mean, the 10-minute play is quite a popular... Um, it's a good format. Quite quite popular form, isn't it? Yeah. Um, why did you kind of... Get, so, so 
I said, well, I can't string any sentences together. Why did you choose the 10-minute form <laughs> yes, for that's this what I, Yes, there you go. That's what I was trying to say. You've had too many gins, sorry. I had to. Uh, <laughs> what, so why, why 10 minutes? Um, because we're all writers and we've not got enough confidence in our work to put our own <laughs> full-length oh, play on. So the idea that we do it as a community... Um, help each other through yeah. write eight plays feedback on each other and actually leap off each other and really develop together yeah. um, so it's very much great it was um, originated from a point of collaboration yeah. and really making sure that we're each getting our foot out there we're each developing ourselves we're each learn we're all learning and really trying to play around with writing trying to play around with form and actually get all those things through in this and are you all performing in it as well no uh, no well um I don't think anybody's actually performing in oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, we are... We're, so we're, we're just writers and you're... Yes, so we're writers, we've been producing, we've been doing the marketing, um, but the, the acting we've outsourced. Great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've okay, outsourced wonderful. Acting. So it's on at um, 2022, 29th, 30th, 31st of July um, at various times. So go on the website to find out about that. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. So who are we here with, Mike? We're here with Aidan, Reese, Ross, Ian and James and they're from Farewell Theatre Company and they're bringing a show called Books and Braces to the Empty Space. To, where's the Empty Space? It's formerly known as Footlight's House. It's near uh, Media City. Yeah, Kansas Avenue, just off uh, Langworthy Road. Great. Okay, and so um, it's a collaborative piece, is it? Indeed, uh, yeah. In terms of the writing. In so terms of the writing, yes. Yeah. So me and Reese, mine and Ross, uh, so me and Reese, we wrote it as a uni performance back in... Uh, 2018. Well, we started writing... Salford Uni. Salford Uni. So we started writing it probably back end of 2017. Yeah. Right. Uh, we performed it at the beginning of 2018. Uh, it was a 20-minute piece. It was a university. It had a strict sort the of instruction. Yeah, the Udell Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It had sort of strict instructions. It must be this X amount of minutes. It can't include this whatever. Right. Um, was that then, part of Move or was that uh, just a... No, just, just, just like, just as our course. Right. Uh, we so both are alumni from yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. I'm second. I'm second. <laughs> yeah, so you have to say yeah, that. I love it. I'll no, wait till I well, leave until I slate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the new Adelphi has made it a great place. Yeah. The old Adelphi. I love the old Adelphi. So we were the last year to be in the old Adelphi. So we were the last year to be in the old Adelphi. It was fantastic. I loved it. I loved it. But, yeah, so the writing kind of came about. Do you want to explain how it came about? Yeah, so it basically, well, the original idea came about through my sister. She was, well, she was in the year in Manchester attacks, like, and uh, thankfully she oh, was the, 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 the area, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, she wasn't hurt. And then after that, there was like such an influx of like um, of news saying about how people want to go off and fight ISIS. And I thought, I said to Ross, this is a brilliant idea, we should do our piece on this. And then we looked that? into <laughs> it and I thought there wasn't really enough, like, yeah, it's um, too much done on ISIS and it's all about terrorism and it's done to death. Yeah, yeah and us versus them kind of thing. Yeah, it's a read about in the news and you can get all your information from that. However, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then, uh, then we started to look into like different sort of kind of subcultures about like who, like who were these people who were going off. And we saw a lot of them like have shaved heads and then like we looked into it saying it was a skinner community. And then we look, start looking in further into that and realise that it wasn't started about from um, 
you know, violence or hatred racism. or racism. Yeah, um, it started from uh, black communities and white communities coming together through a love, love of fashion and music. Right. In the working class factories, and it, it was just... Back to the 70s. When you look at a skinhead, this is the main thing with the play, you look at a skinhead and you think, uh, you think Nazi, you think violent, you think intolerant, and you think hatred. Mm. And white all, supremacists. And, and, it, and, it's, so, and it's just yeah. not the truth. Yeah. And I think theatre should be important. And I think this play is important because it dispels a, a, a myth that just is completely false about a subculture that has really died out. I mean, you must have seen it. Like, in the recent years, where has it gone? Mm. Where has the skinhead culture gone? Well, if I say to you, skinhead, you're going to go, this is England. Yeah. And, and what else do you know? Like, realistic, what else do you know? Obviously, you guys might have grown up mm. with it, maybe, but for our generation... First time around, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember it the first time around. Okay, so it's on. But for our, for our generation, if, you know, especially... If we, I mean, we literally shaved our heads yesterday, and, and we walked down a street, and, uh, and especially when we did it the first time, we were walking down a street and we went to rehearsals, People start crossing the road. And, really? Uh, yeah. Wow. And, and I think that's really, I think it's really prominent in sort of this day and age because you go from, you know, we all have, you know, long hair. Like I'll show you the photos after, but we have long hair, like it's kind of swept over. I miss it. I do. Yeah, I kind really of, do. He's got slick back hair. You know, he's going all this sort of deal. I've got that comb over, mm. Joey, and it's and nobody, nobody bats an eyelid. And you shave your hair and people start crossing the road and you just go, wow, like, yeah. what and So is... how is that informing the, the, the show that you're so, bringing to us? So literally, the, the sort of, the route that the show goes down is we we introduce, so me and Reese we introduce James as a character and, and we introduce him into the world of Skinhead. And is it a period piece? Is it set in so the it is late 60s? Like so, 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 it, so it's a journey. journey so yeah, so it starts from 1969 and, and the real Skinhead and what happened then and it kind of travels through time, through the music, you know, you go from you like your reggae and your ska, uh, you sort of rock steady, uh, into your oi, your, well your punk and then yeah. your oi. Mm-hmm. Then we end it in the 80s where the uh, Skinhead skin and subculture starts to get um, distorted, where it starts to like become took over from the uh, political groups such as the National Front, yeah. and then it's where a big number of the original skinheads start to die off essentially. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. start becoming bouncers, and they start becoming, you know, the, the sort of ecstasy pole comes into it, and, that, and we're going to write another play about that, yeah. and how the Skinhead subculture died and turned into they turned into bouncers and, and the rave scene came along so you've already got sort of a follow yeah. Because about obviously the, the point of the play is to, to dispel the myth that all skins are neo-Nazis. Yeah. But there's a reason the stereotype is there in the yeah, first course, place. Yeah. And a lot of it is to do with uh, how the newspapers portrayed them. But the, the story that generates it, because the culture argues within itself. There's a line, you ask two different skinheads what it means to be a skinhead and you'll get three different answers. And that's such a truth. It's a, mm. it's a subculture that disagrees so much with itself. And it thinks one half that isn't racist thinks that that half is, isn't a real skinhead because they are and vice yeah, versa. Yeah. And we try and show that by through my character, who does get, he has a demand. He gets radicalised. Yes. Yeah. He gets radicalised. So it sounds really passionate, it sounds really interesting. So um, it's going to be on at the Empty Space in, um, so it's near Media City. Near it, Media City, just off Broadway tram stop. Just yeah, so you that. just get it, it takes 20 minutes on the tram, doesn't yeah, it? Literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Broadway yeah. tram stop if you're going to go, or there's a 50 bus that goes literally right outside Great. it. So the 12th and 13th, what days of the week is that? It's Friday and Saturday night, Friday it's Saturday half night. seven, it's about 45, 50 minutes. 
we do have a post-show discussion afterwards. When we did it the first time, lots of people asked us lots of questions. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather everybody knew the answers. Yeah. Um, well, we, well, we, we would rather answers. everybody. Yeah. Knew you're the raising answers. the questions, aren't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. people will go and find their own mm. way. Well, through precisely, it. and but so we, we got I, we got asked loads of different questions, and, and we just want to open that out to people. Hopefully, we hear questions we've never heard before. Hopefully, right. we re- reiterate what we try to you know establish with the play, uh, and hopefully, it will be a good night. Right. Really. And it's great to see people from Salford University going out there and doing it. So we've got three performers, a tech guy and... and a tech guy and a cinematographer. Cinematographer. Oh, okay. yeah, so, a cinematographer. so Ian is doing... So he filmed our head shave. This, the first time around we did it, we did uh, sort of a... Uh, this is England recreation, and it was terrible. It was all, <laughs> no, come on, it wasn't that. At the time, it was good. Right? I, no, I can vouch for it because I, I came into this play late, obviously. Uh, As an audience was, member? Yeah, I watched it oh, first okay. as an audience member. Oh, wow. And the play starts, and they come on, and they say, the reason we're doing this play is because. Now, that just takes me out of it straight away. Right. I saw that, and, that's, and this, w- the first thing we did as a rehearsal process is we watched the recorded video of the first performance, we said what's wrong with it, what's good with it, what needs changing. And the first thing that we noticed is that the video is so, it's student, mm. it's, it's school. It's, it's ticking uni boxes. Yeah, that's yeah, what it's yeah, yeah. So we thought, why not make it a bit more uh, choreographed, edgy, stylized. Yeah. So what's, what's, what, what will the film material be used for? Is it going to be used for online stuff, for social media? Or it, I don't know how much this you want me to say. Do you want me to say? Or is it part of the show? Yeah, go, go, go on. Yeah, go, 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 so go, go, obviously, um, there's sort of promo stuff behind it. So at the end of the few rehearsals, make trailers, all the rest of it. You want to bring in the tickets. Um, but at the start of it, there's basically a sort of intro video. It's you know, them getting their head shaved, which is hilarious to film. <laughs> yeah. Some great pictures, which I want to send out there just, just for laughs. Um, but yeah, just clicking them together, um, it's, it's meant to seem like more really threatening, sort of very you know, high intense action. This is the head shaved, is then becoming you know, sort of skinhead. Yeah. Um, putting on the culture we're appropriating everything that people deem the Skinner to be you know we stare down the camera we want it to look as if we're going to hurt you and then and then that gets played and everyone's lured into a false sense of security. Yeah, even from the first line, from the it's first scary. Line. Yeah, so do you, know why, do you know why we shave our heads? Violence, yeah. intolerance, hatred mm-hmm. do you know so it's, it's, it lures people into a false insecurity and then we explain right. Great, sounds really powerful. So, go and see it, everyone. Um, Let me just, what what the dates again? 12th and 13th of July at the Empty Space, which is on the tram, on the bus. Um, And go see it, just £7, so. So, we have have Libby and Callum from Big Fridge Theatre, and they're going to be performing Bard at Antwerp Mansion on the 18th to the 20th of July. At 8 p.m. So Antwerp Mansion is quite an exciting venue, isn't it? Extraordinary, isn't it? It's like a proper abandoned mansion full of. Yeah, yeah, it's fully a derelict nightclub now because it got (laughs) shut down by the council last year. Oh, I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now they're trying to reinvent themselves as like an arts venue. Great. So obviously we took the chance to be like, can we put on a play behind the bar upstairs? Yeah, it's very atmospheric. So are you using the space as a character in your show? Not not so much a character, but. No, it definitely is. It's definitely like a site specific piece because it is. So I'm the director, Cal's one of the actors, Emmy can't be here. Um, she's also acting in it and it's based on their true stories of working behind the bar so it's wow. basically the concept is you're eavesdropping on two bartenders on their first shift together basically while they serve drinks to you the audience so the first thing you do when you go oh, in right, great. you go and get a free shot from them 
at the bar. Which is always a good start, I think. Great start. <laughs> <laughs> you get a couple of vouchers from them as well to use for long drinks during the performance, and there's a couple of moments in it where they specifically invite you up to use the vouchers and get the drinks from them. Yeah, we oh, right. did it in November, and we were allowed to use the bar as a space where we could actually sell alcohol, but they got the license revoked yeah. during the time yeah. we've spent here, so mm-hmm. it's sort of like now we have to give it for free. Yeah, um, you can give it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Include it in the ticket, which price. also means that everyone's going to be involved anyway. Yeah. They don't have to actually spend money to go oh, and right. yeah, 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 It's yeah, just great. part of it. Like, you definitely get and so it. what's the duration of the play? 80 minutes? Um, it's actually just like an hour and a bit, I think. Yeah, it, it depends, though. It depends how long people get drinks from a lot of right, time. Yeah, yeah. And is there much interaction with the audience as they're doing all it of this? It varies, yeah. I mean, we did it in November and there was a few moments where it's, it's very loose in terms of when we interact with the audience. Different things happen on different nights as, as it goes along. But yeah, we've had one night where it went on and we, we do a little bit. We're not giving too much away, <laughs> but we do some bits with the audience. And as the night goes on, it's, it's sort of like a... Me and uh, Imi meet for the first time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and she's and not that experienced in that kind of a club, whereas Hal's yeah. like seen it all. He's been right. to like, the dingiest places, <laughs> seen the most awful. <laughs> like, seriously, Hal has yeah. seen that. So. They are sort of real, real stories, and a lot of right. them are from terrible places I've been to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and is it a sort of themed story. night? Is the premise a theme night, or is it just a general night in this rundown place? It's, so, Imi sort of, I think she's like her first shift at the bar, and mm-hmm. you sort of we're, we're meeting each other for the first time. and. A lot of things happen at bars when you work there. You meet people and then you start telling each other bar stories. That's mm. how you break the ice. It's yeah. a bonding exercise. Yeah. 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 So tell me about the writing of the piece. Who, who, who's, is, is it a collaborative piece or is one of you written we it? We sort or? of wrote it over the course of it. So it's actually, the script shifts from night to night because it's, it's basically got a structure. We know what story comes next and we know what's funny and what's interesting when it's told that way. But they will shift the actual wording of it depending on what's resonating with the audience at the time. Okay, so it's good. not as strict a script as that, but yeah. we basically entirely, it was devised around stories. Right. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was put together and it, it runs in a structure of there is a block of story and obviously the one person tells the story then it goes back and forth. Um, but those stories shift around sometimes and sometimes there have been the nights where that goes away and then you might replace yeah, it with something like else. There's a transitional point yeah. between them so they have to segue from one story to the next one, but it's however it works best. Like, so it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So how have you expressed that on the page, the, the, just, the, just the, the looseness and the um, flexibility of it? How have, you kind of, how have you noted that down on the page? So we kind of have, like, this story is what's happening now. We have, like, the gist of it and how it's normally told, how we've told it for the most part in rehearsals. But we also, like, indicate where there is flexibility within that. Right. Yeah. So do you know, like, Duncan Macmillan, every brilliant... Things have you? I don't. Oh, right, because that. I mean, if you look at the script of that, it's, it's written to basically be a piece where the audience are kind of a part of the story, you know. And so it's, it's, re- it's a great, it's a great play. It makes you cry, actually. I, I, I love a good cry. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, there's a really good version. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about your play. Okay, so it's called Bard, and it's at Antwerp Mansion, 18th to the 20th of July. 8pm, £10 bargain. Including booze. Mm-hmm. Including booze. Well, yeah, there you go. That's, <laughs> That's the most with, important thing. Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We've got Keenan Groom from Liquid Eagle Entertainment and they are performing the Earl of Winchelsea's Brother, which is on Lock 91, 21st and the 23rd um, of July at 2pm. 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. Wow, they're busy days. Three yeah. days. Yeah. 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 Exhausted. Yeah, three yeah. days a day. Great. So tell us a little bit about the show. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, the show itself is um, 
myself um, and Matthew Bradley, um, we are two um, retiring actors, uh, Stephen Phillips and Reginald Cromwell. You're very young to be retiring. Yeah. The, the, uh, <laughs> the characters. Yeah, yeah. Characters, yeah. yeah oh, okay. Way too, um, way too young to retire. Um, so they're trying to put on uh, one final show before they retire from theatre forever. Great. And they've done theatre for many years for the love of theatre and for the the um, audience and stuff like that that most people do but this last one they just want to get money they're right. trying to sell out they thought they're going to retire they're like a share it. farewell tour exactly of Elton John yeah. kind of. <laughs> and they're um, saying it's the, the best show in the world and they're trying right. to promote it like that to get as much um, money as they can in the audience um, so who did, who, did you write it? Um, so Matthew wrote it okay um, and yeah. how? And have you been? In, so you presumably you're already in rehearsals, are you? Yeah, we're already yeah. in rehearsals. This was actually um, an original scratch performance when we were at university last year. Which um, uni? At Salford right. University. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, and as part of our research project. Which uh, course are you doing? Uh, Theatre performance. Oh, okay, great. Us. Yeah, and then our producer Nessa Skeggs, she did the media one. So we're all from. Salford. We both teach at Salford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go, I bet. Just say it's marvellous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I loved it, so um, there's no problems no there. Um, yeah, so we had to do a 15 minute performance, and this is just us extending it right. um, with Matthew's, Matthew's script. Um, so, The Earl yeah. of Winchelsea's Brother sounds an intriguing title, so tell us a yeah. little bit about the so content. It's a play within a play, right. so we're making a play about making a play that also happens to be called The Earl of Winchester's Brother. Oh, okay, um, right, right, right. Um, so the, our play is um, the process of these two characters making The Earl of Winchester's Brother to sell out and get money. And it's um, their process of deciding which genre will be the best to sell, which way to act it and perform it will um, get the most audience. So what do they think the secret is to selling out a show? They feel the secret is just to incorporate as much as they can and they feel like a period drama will sell really well with likes of Shakespeare and Oscar Wilde and if they can't get an audience just to get as many sponsorships as possible so it doesn't, <laughs> so it doesn't matter with no ethics no, no ethics at all they really don't care um, so with our research actually at uni uh, we found that um, some places in France put on adverts before a live theatre performance oh, so wow. like in a, a film what live adverts um, I'm not or sure they just live project record. Them. I think right, it's projected, right. so um, that's what we're doing with ours. They used to do it in um, 50s American television, where they suddenly say, and now we're going through a commercial break, and this pen mm. that I've been writing with is from oh, London, wow. and we'll start doing it, and then just go back into the script. Yeah, so, it's totally um, bizarre. Something How similar to that, where during a scene, we're um, going to cut to um, an advert of a made-up company we've done a little advert for um, to sponsor the show, mm. as it were. Um, our main one being a gin company. Hence why we're doing it at Lock 91 as well, uh, with a bar there, yeah. we're working in affiliation with them to have a, signi- ch- sorry, excuse me, a signature cocktail um, called the Winter Sea. Oh, that's good fun, I love yeah, that yeah, side yeah, of yeah, the interactivity. Yeah, so, so 21st, 23rd of July at Lock 91, 2pm, um, 5pm and 8pm. We are here with Meg and um, Eleanor, who are performing or being or part of Blue Soul Productions, and they're performing a show called Revolt. She said, "Revolt again." Uh, Joshua Brooks, twenty third to twenty fifth of July and the twenty seventh of July, um, seven pm. Um, yes, yeah, so tell us a little bit about the show. Yeah, so um, the show originally started because we studied the text at the University of Bristol, so we're from the University of Bristol, and it was all about plays, sort of not main house shows, sort of on the side, and 
Um, this show was written by Alice Birch in response to the provocation that well-behaved women seldom made history. Um, and it was sort of as their, at The Other Place, which is their studio show. And it's a show that talks about stereotypes of women and the expectations placed on women in marriage, in the workplace, with the language they use. And it's very chaotic. So there's no characters at all. Um, it's just dashes. And Okay, so yeah. that's Sarah Kane kind of... It's very sort of postmodern. Yeah. And we've come on with it with our completely new spin and created something quite... So have you taken the text as it is and done your interpretation or, or just used the text as a starting point? So we've else? used the text as, we, you, we have, one of the rules in the license is that we have to use every single word that oh, is okay. in the text, but we've split it up, we've, the play is already quite disorientating, very fragmented, but we've sort of made it even more so, I guess. <laughs> we've tried to make sense of it, but in a chaotic way, so. So it invites a directorial response, something yeah. like that, doesn't it? You, you need a director to make well, decisions. our company doesn't actually have a director. Oh, okay. Because we're an all-female production company, and we thought that by imposing a director, that would impose a hierarchy that we didn't want, because, you know, we wanted it to be the response of several different women from different perspectives. So we thought the moment you bring a director in, that creates a sort of power dynamic that didn't work for what we did, because... So have you tried this um, approach before? So we did a pilot um, version of this piece as part of a university um, unit, one of our modules, and we didn't have a director for that, and it worked so well. It's normally in university when you do a production, it was very, like, it can be very stressful. Mm. And this was the first thing I did when it was really not the case, and it was very empowering. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, this is, like why is this like this and we were like we got really good feedback like our feedback was like better than anything we've ever done before which is good for something that wasn't very stressful so we're like oh and our lecturers actually said like we've seen this done professionally but I think you should take this like, forward so we did and Manchester was to take it great so, yeah um, so um, Meg just tell so you're not part of the performance but you're doing a, a, a kind of a sister production yeah, what, just so tell I'm at university in London, I'm at Goldsmiths Uni, um, and we've collected some artwork from female artists in the area, um, from young artists. Um, it's their first chance to present work, um, responding to sort of themes of femininity, etc. My own work will be presented. So you've so curated it, and, and, yeah. and that's going to be um, kind of... So where are you, where are so you um, exhibiting that? So the artwork presented before you go on to the production. So it's on at Joshua Brooks, isn't yeah. it? So are you doing it downstairs at Joshua Yeah, so I, I'm the producer of the show and when we chose the venue, when we looked around it, we were like, well, we've got this massive space that mm, we can't really use big. all of it for just the show. And we were like, it would be quite a waste of our funds because we've had a lot of investment from uni, from different people. We were like, we should at least get this company was founded to promote the work of female artists so let's actually do that so I brought in Meg because Meg's my friend from home from Manchester who does art and we thought let's do an exhibition of young right. females who aren't necessarily involved in theatre but who can also bring something to it. So, so is that exhibition um, in the same space? Yeah, yeah. so much. there's two tunnels and one tunnel is where the show is and another tunnel that when you walk through is where the exhibition will be. Great. So it'll be open before the show, like an hour before the show. So it's a party venue, so people yeah. can come, have a drink, see the venue, like see the exhibition. Hopefully. See the art, settle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Brilliant. And do you feel like the art 
um, resonates with the content of the show? Definitely, or, yeah. definitely, yeah. Cause I, was that part of your curating I'd already um, produced angle. all the work. I'm coordinating your production, but we felt like there's so much art which could only go along with the production itself. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think the work helps. Well, I gave I gave Meg on. the same provocation that was given to playwright Alice Birch to write the show. So Are you she, allowed to say what the provocation is? I can. Yeah, yeah. She was. It's very like well known that she was given the provocation that um, well-behaved women seldom make history. So I was like, well, I'm going to give that to Meg and see what the women create. And we've had a really great range yeah. of responses. Great. And so it's called Revolt, she said, Revolt Again. And that's it. Joshua Books, 23rd to the 25th and the 27th of July, 7pm um, shows. It's a 90-minute show. 90 minutes, yeah. yeah. So does that include the art? So, no, so the show starts at 7pm, but people can come at 6pm. The doors oh, will okay. open then and see the, sh- and see the exhibition. Brilliant. Lovely. Sounds really good. Eight pounds bargain and six <laughs> pounds concessions. So um, yeah, wonderful. Thank you very thank much. You, thank you. Thank you. We're here with Gemma Davis, and she is going to tell us about Down the Rabbit Hole Theatre Company's production of The Joy of Cam. Um, it's on at the King's Arms Theatre, twentieth to the twenty-first of July at nine pm, and it's a sixty-minute show. So um, thank you for coming, Gemma. Um, just tell us a little bit about the show. So the show centres around a webcam girl called Aurora and it's about all the sort of trials and tribulations that come with being a webcam girl and working in the sex industry. Okay, so when you, so a webcam girl, that's that's a, an official t- job title? Yeah, it? yeah, official. <laughs> yeah, it's a so, form of sex work, so Mark. Oh, right, right. Can, 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 can you call it that an official job title? Yes. yes. So she performs on webcam, she does whatever clients so want. So people pay and yeah, then people like come into her a sex show, room. a tailored yeah. sex show. Yeah, Great. essentially. So, and have you written this show? I have, um, along with my director, Chloe. Um, and we got it. We got the idea um, because we think that sex work as a business is quite interesting. It's quite fascinating to look into. Um, and then we uh, we researched it by interviewing real life sex workers. Oh, okay. Um, great. Yeah. So it's not a, your, your sort of usual story of sex work, which we all sort of know of the person who's forced into it and they're, they're made to have. They've got very negative um, outlook on it. This is very much, um, there are good sides to it, and but there are a few bad sides, mm. obviously, but that's like with any job. And that's, yeah, 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 that's yeah, one yeah. thing that we want to make clear. That you it's work a, from home, I suppose, can't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She works I'm from getting home. ideas. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not getting ideas. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but I'm gonna be, you're not going to be in a, 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 a very populated market, I suspect, Mike. <laughs> so rude. Sorry, he's always rude. Um, okay, so tell, tell, tell us about how... So you you interviewed um, sex workers, yes. and how was, how did you turn those interviews into... Is it a one-person show? Or, it, is, yeah. it is a one-person show, and then she interacts with male voiceovers who are the people on the other side of the cam. Right. Uh, yeah, so there is, there is a bit of interaction, but mainly from the interviews, we sort of got funny stories because there are some really funny stories as you can imagine Um, and funny stories and why they got into it and how how they got into it and why they're still doing it why they've not gone for a a, in quote normal job did did it create any additional ethical complications using real people's stories in that way and then having the responsibility of holding that story it's a big responsibility because I feel like there will be, you never know, sex workers could, could come and watch it and go, well, that's not what I do. It's such a broad spectrum. Mm, you know, yeah. one person doing one form of webcam 
doesn't mean that that's what another webcam girl does. Um, but we try and make that clear in the play that this is literally an amalgamation of this is what they could be doing, they might not be doing that. It's, it's such a broad spectrum. So is it verbatim or is it, how have you kind of, how have you taken the It's not so much verbatim. Um, but the stories are real, but we've sort of, we've worded them and made right. them um, story-like sort of thing. Yeah. So it follows a chronology and all that sort of thing. And have you got any of the women coming to see it? No, sadly not. Which is which is a shame. Actually, no. Tell a lie. There might be one. There might be one person coming coming to see it. A lot of people from um, even though they are very proud of what they do. At the same time, they don't shout about it from the rooftops. I suppose there's Which, some yeah, might be quite there, there, was, there was one woman who has voted sex worker of the year. She, she is very um, sort of out and proud and like, I'm a sex worker and this is what I do. But she's got such a big market now, she doesn't have the time to come, to come down and see it. Right. Which is a shame. Um, but yeah, hopefully one person will, but they're not going to be there as, oh yeah, look, um, this is, yeah, 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 I'm yeah, a sex worker, yeah. this is what, this yeah. is based on me. Sort of but it'd be lovely for you to have the feedback you yeah, know, yeah, afterwards, yeah. won't it? Absolutely. So how did you, um, how did you meet these people? How, how did you get the contacts? Emails, on online, ma- mo- mainly. Um, so did you use discussion friends. groups and all that kind of thing, or what? I've just googled some campsites oh, okay, that sort right, of right. thing yeah and just found contacts lots of um it was quite hard work actually because um you know for a sex worker to just get an email and say hi i'm Gemma davies please yeah. can i interview you you have absolutely no idea who i am mm. and what i could be producing so that was quite difficult but it was very interesting right. yeah great okay wonderful so it's um, the joy of cam and it's um 21st so 20th and the 21st of July at 9pm here at the King's Arms Theatre. We are here with Nathaniel McCartney and Curtis Worrell who are performing um, at 3MT which is a beautiful little venue in um, the old school uh, Athletics Palace and it's called Disrupted and it's on the 11th to the 13th of July at 7.30. It's a 90 minute show. Um, so tell us a little bit about the, the show. Yeah, um, so the, the show is about two friends called Ash and Johnny um, who go to their usual pub on a Wednesday to scarve away from uni and just to drink. Um, and basically, this day, um, there is an altercation between them and it puts a strain on their relationship. Great. And who, who wrote the show? Um, I did. Um, yeah, so I've been writing it for about seven years or so. Oh, okay. On and oh, off. Wow. Um, started when I was at my second year of uni. Right. Um, the sort of inspiration for it was uh, just two friends that I knew in first year, and they were very, very close. And I just always thought, hey, what about if um, you they know they, they just happen to be, you know, like gay? And then from that sort of stage, the the play has kind of changed over time um, to what it is currently today. Great. And so eight years? Did you say eight years? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's so that's interesting because. Um, what makes you kind of what's made you bring it to the fringe now after after that eight year period? Because it's obviously something you've kind of maybe shelved for a while and you've come back to. So so yeah. So so what what, what what's the kind of passion behind it? I think it's just because um, one um, the sort of the main themes are around it a, a friendship and you know around about acceptance and rejection um, mainly within the LGBT community and. It's something that, you know, after so many years is still, you know, really not ostracised, that's the wrong word, but like, you know, it's still a very current situation, you know, that, you know, all over the world there's so many people still being, um, 
that's what I'm personally, personally, thank you yes. very much. Um, you know, and it's and it's still a movement that needs backing from everybody. Um, and I think that's the reason why the players kind of um, evolved over the years. And you know, when I first started writing it in 2012, it was you know just more of like a bit of a muck about kind of thing. And then over the years, it's kind of yeah, like I said, changed and moulded into something that um, I feel like shines the light mainly like I said um, in the program it says about to toxic masculinity and about how that's um, you know a huge issue really and about um, you know how that needs to be shown in the, the ugly face of what it is really um, so, so yeah. toxic masculinity in the context of the kind of LGBT yeah and like um, more about the, the sort of the way that a straight person who might be quite sheltered within the way that they think has their entire world sort of opened up and, you know, has all of their sort of perceived conceptions just completely smashed, um, you know, because that's the only way that we can keep on learning mm. is that if we are exposed to particular communities and, you know, I think that's really important Great. as well. So it's two-hander, it sounds quite it intense, is. emotional uh, journey. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's light parts in there. You know, there's a lot of uh, multi-rolling, obviously, because there's just uh, myself and Curtis. Um, so we, we dress up, we have a laugh. Um, you know, it, it's a roller coaster of emotions, mm. really, to play. So, Curtis, you come in with... Um, have you been had knowledge of the script through these many years of development, or have you just come in at this no, point so I with the finished script? I auditioned for it uh, back in, was it, the end of March. Yes. Uh, yes I've yes. been on board since then, and I've not... So, like, the, what happens in the context of the play, the situations itself, I've never been um, personally involved in, but there are people I've known from university that have gone through similar situations, and it was sad, really. Um, but um, we've definitely got a, a unique twist on it and um, there are some definite fun times in between those emotional impacts. And has the script continued to develop as you've taken it through this rehearsal? Yeah. Is this the, the kind of first time you've had actors working with it or have you yeah. had different points where that's yeah. happened before? I think the one thing that I've noticed myself as a writer is that um, I need that sort of, um, the, the spoken words, you know, like the, so like the actual script being said. Because what I noticed was that um, a lot of the Ash and Johnny dialogue almost like melds into each other, right. um, and then over the process, I've been able to like really distinguish them separately. Right. Because um, obviously, it's quite hard when you're writing it to mm. then just flip between one particular character and their persona and their characterization, and then move on to the next person mm. and make sure that they're still just as fully formed as the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so so, yeah. so having Curtis's voice in the rehearsal room has helped you to to develop the voice on the page. Yeah, definitely. And more so for Johnny as well, and making sure that his character is more fully rounded. I feel like when I've been writing it and then overlooking it and then changing it, um, it was more that Ash's character was more the, the more fully fledged character, but then Johnny was the one who was almost like, um, what's the word like? You know, almost like hanging on to that. Right. So then I needed to make sure that he was completely his own character. Great. There's even been things from like um, recent news stories and things um, that I've changed little tidbits in the script to make them up to date over the past eight years yeah absolutely um, which is horrible to say really that's some things that are still going on today in 2019 well, yeah. that are, are you know affecting but yeah definitely it's definitely made it more relatable for today's kind of audience Brilliant. so you're at 3MT from the 11th to the 13th of July mm -hmm. 7.30 each night that's correct yeah. that's banging the town centre isn't it banging yeah, the city centre on Oldham Street uh, yes yeah, so the Affleck's Palace Theatre lovely Great, thank you very much. Thank, thank you very much. <laughs>
We have Xenia, um, Sarah and Roche, and they are Belvedere Theatre, and they're bringing the show um, The Death of a Muse to Lock 91 on the 9th, the 16th and the 24th of July at 7pm. So tell us a little bit about the show. Uh, well, it's based on the life of W.B. Yeats, who was a very famous Irish poet, and it focuses on the relationship he had with his muse, Maud Gone, but she had a life that was much more um, fulfilling and important in its own right than just being his muse. So it kind of explores her relationship with being inextricably tied to him for the rest of her legacy, right. kind of. And it's set in purgatory and it shows flashbacks of their life together. And at the end of the play, the audience chooses which of them goes to heaven, which of them goes to hell. Oh, lovely. And there's uh, three different endings, so we could see it each night and see a different ending each night. Brilliant. Good. And so, so how does the audience vote? What, what, what's uh, the method they use? Show of hands. Oh, okay, so just show of hands. Yeah, yeah. we're not that complicated. <laughs> <laughs> now, was the affair, as I remember, it was quite a tragic affair, and didn't did she leave? It was a non-affair. Non-affair. Right? Like yeah. a run yeah. unquited love. Yes, he was very <laughs> much in love with he was obsessed with yeah. her. Yeah. Proposed four, 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 at least four times, according to scholars. Yeah, yeah. according to scholars, at least four times. Could have been more. And um, she just was not interested. She wasn't that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Has it no is, interest. It is very interested, totally interesting. Totally one She was. She did love him as a friend. Like they kept up correspondence until he died in thirties, late thirties. So they did have a very special relationship, which would definitely, quite, which you definitely yeah. like to explore. And it is incredibly interesting because you mm. think you know them, that poet and his muse, like it's an old story, but then you look more into it, and they're both very extraordinary and weird people. Yeah, yeah. they're and, so weird. And yeah. it sounds like a, a bit of a blessing and a curse for her. Oh yeah, mm. definitely. Cause she was very into politics, and despite being born in Surrey, uh, whenever she was about eighteen, she went to the north coast in Ireland and Donegal. And saw all these homeless people and like, people dying of starvation, that kind of thing. And that spurred her to be very passionate about Irish politics for the rest of her life, despite not being Irish herself. So whenever Yeats was um, like developing as a poet, he had a big vision of like this romantic Ireland with like kingdoms and leprechauns and fairies, that kind of thing. And he was quite mystical, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah, he was obsessed with like the occult and yeah. all the faces of the moon and personalities yeah. that lined yeah. up with them. That's yeah. right up his alley, yeah. yeah. And that's so, definitely in the play. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so, how have you taken all of this um, kind of historical content and dramatised it? How, what, what, how have you chosen what parts of those stories to tell? Um, well, I've basically chosen the strangest parts, I'd say. Okay, that's always good. Those are very easy to find. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the sex by the grave. Oh, yeah, grave. not to spoil things, but um, there is a bit of a story where Maud had... She slept with a married politician in France and had a son out of wedlock. The son died of TB, was it? Yes. Yeah. TB. And then... Um, in order to reincarnate her son because she felt the loss very deeply she had she slept with the politician again on the grave of her son oh wow in, a crypt. Crypt. in, wow. in a crypt and had her daughter then who Yates later went on to propose to as well as Maud herself mm. immediately after Woody Allen turned isn't it? down <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yes. it is a very loaded story yeah, yeah. It's wonderful material yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's it wrote itself play. really it's like Hollyoaks <laughs> but 
Brilliant. So that's on uh, the on the so it's um, 9th, 16th, and 24th of July, 7 p.m. at Lock 91. Yes. Um, brilliant. So it's, it's just seven. Yeah. As well. Just have to throw that. I've not there. been there yet. It's, it's, it's on me. It's oh, the right. original okay, 18th great. century building, and Ooh, they lovely. like we've renovated it. Renovated it. Renovated. <laughs> Someone's on the gym. <laughs> Someone's foreign. <laughs> 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 but yeah, we looked at it and we immediately knew it was perfect. It was such a beautiful venue. It's such a hidden gem in like Dean's Gate. It's right next to Dean's Gate. Great. Yeah, literally underneath the tram stop of Dean's Gate Castle Pillage, you just walk under the steps and it's there and it is the most Ooh. beautiful. Wow, it sounds ace. Yes. 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 Yeah. A lot of shows have been saying yeah. that sort yeah. of venue. Yeah, great it sounds place. really good. Yeah. So, so have, have you taken any, has any of that kind of history of the building kind of seeped into the performance? Or? I think, um, well, we haven't been able to get a rehearsal in there yet. Oh, we right, have okay, one well, right. arranged for next Tuesday. And um, we had our fundraising event in there and we got all dressed up in our Victorian garb and we yeah. had like little stalls out selling things. You made like homemade jams, tarot cards. Tarot cards, oh, right, we right. had like uh, sketch portraits, of, like Victorian kind of style portraits mm. which you ran. Uh, we did. We also did a mini performance as well of just a, a like special, a cool. yeah, a yeah. standalone kind of scene that Roche beautifully wrote to kind of get the audience involved and excited for the performance. Brilliant. It was really cool. Great. It sounds really good. Um, wonderful. Are you uh, entering the script for the um, writing prize? Yes. Brilliant. Okay. Great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's good. new information. Yeah. Have you, you, you've, you've not sent. Have you sent it yet? Um, no, I haven't sent okay, it. Okay. Get it. Get it in quick. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Wonderful. So, death of a muse. Um, 9th, 16th, 24th of July. So we have Lucy and Jonathan from Foxtail Theatre and they've been doing a very good job of getting, uh, distributing their stickers around the entire pub at this launch for the Great Manchester Fringe Festival. We've seen, we've seen this name lots, so that, that was a very good tactic very to get your, get your name out there. So Foxtail Theatre, they're doing a show called This Way Up and it's at Salford Arts Theatre, which is a beautiful venue um, on the 6th of July at 6 p.m. and on the 7th of July at 11 a.m. So the 7th is a sun Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday. So, <laughs> the 7th, the 6th is a Saturday. Oh, right. Okay. So Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So you got a matinee on at 11 a.m. Great. Yes. Okay. So um, tell us a little bit, a bit about the show. So uh, this way up is a family show that um, I have written. It's about a young father who is taken on an adventure when the cardboard boxes in his new house come to life. Oh, great, nice, great premise. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, so it's told through puppetry and uh, original music and with a lot of cardboard, just a lot, a <laughs> lot of cardboard. Uh, a mountain of cardboard. Yeah, yeah, we have 70 cardboard boxes. Oh, wow, yeah. that's a lot we of We have 33 puppets wow. in total. And, and have you made the puppets? Or? I made them all myself. Wow. Okay, that's Yeah, I spent a lot of time just in a dark room with cardboard and the glue gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's okay Don't we all? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're usually sniffing in those. Yeah, yeah um, and yeah, five fantastic actors and puppeteers who bring the show to life. Um, and Jonathan here as well. So I am one of the puppeteers, so, so I handle all of the, uh, the, uh, the other puppets. So my role in the show is to sort of create the... Uh, the, um, the actual image on which dad actually goes through. So as an example, he can be in a sea, he, he, he could be 
in snow in the winter, he can be um, flying in the in desert, the in rainforest, be flying, and it, um, and it is our job using the animals trying to paint the picture for the audience. Great. So puppetry kind of really brings magic to the theatre, doesn't it? And is that why you've kind of chosen that as a form? Yeah, I think uh, there's been such a new wave of puppetry recently Mm. in theatre, ever since War Force and obviously Lion King as well, has become really popular. And it's not just for kids. No, absolutely. Um, There's something magical about a cardboard box just coming to life. And people automatically go, yes, I accept that, I believe in that, Mm. that is living. Um, and that's what's great about um, puppetry. I kind of coined the term uh, for my theatre company. It's making the mundane magical. Um, because we use puppetry to bring ordinary objects like cardboard boxes to life. So who are you influenced by? What, what, what made you um, think, get up one morning and say, well, I'm going to write this particular show? Well, actually, um, I had the idea way back in 2015. So uh, I went to Manchester School of Theatre and uh, we had to do a dissertation for our third year and I wanted to do a children's show because I love children's theatre, I think it's wonderful Um, and I came up with this crazy idea at 3am one morning um, and I just pictured a set full of cardboard boxes and I was very much influenced by a show called Elephantum which was on at the National Theatre back in like 2012 Um, And what was special about that show was they had amazing puppets, they had a giant inflatable elephant, and they also had no words in the entire show. Oh, great. It's the same as us. So we have no words in our show. Oh, okay. Um, It's all music, um, sounds, lots of non-verbal. Sounds, vocals. Yes, there's lots of silly voices. (laughs) Oh, right, so there's there's vocal vocal sounds, but there's no words. So I kind of really... It's international... Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I really wanted yeah. to strip it back um, storytelling back to its basic form of just pure communication because just talking is it's physical and it's um, how do you write that on the page then how do you how do you develop that so that you can yes yeah, so, so how do you communicate that with the rest of the company so what's the annotation method that's my challenge <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I obviously I make lots of notes I do have a written format of the show which is more like a storybook um, and then I have a fantastic uh, composer uh, James Steventon who I then go to say this is what happens and he's like in the jungle and then he mails a plane and then they fly and he's like okay <laughs> <laughs> And so um, he's composed a 40-minute piece of music for that. So um, that also helps to tell the story. But yeah, it kind of just comes from my brain, Mm. Um, (laughs) which is very hard, but it's it's such a visual show. Um, I'm just sort of on the outside, and I can piece it together from what I've imagined. Wonderful. Great. So it sounds really interesting. Um, So is the music being performed live, or are you using a backing track? It's a pre-recorded track. Right. Okay, so, so you have to kind of, um, so I guess the performance is kind of quite so heavily choreographed, is it? Yeah, yeah, uh, so it's very, very, uh, most specifically timed. So we got to, uh, to make sure um, all of our cues are very, very specific and clear, mm-hmm. um, as well as on the actions, but also to be in time with the, with the songs and the music and the, um, the expression of the music as well. Huh? Yeah, 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 the music is a massive part of it. And so the, um, sorry, I, I know we need to stop because I keep on asking too many questions, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, as, a, as a form, it's really interesting, isn't it? Um, when you, um, is, there, is there a kind of a narrative thread 
um, or is it kind of moments that kind of come together? What, what, how, how did you kind of come up with the story so aspect of this? The kind of sort of underlying theme is about um, this this young father, dad, refinding his imagination, also reconnecting with his daughter. So um, at the beginning and the end of the play, um, our scenes with just dad and his little girl. And at the beginning, he's very stressed. He doesn't have time to play with her. And a cardboard box is a practical thing. And she's playing with it and he doesn't have time to play. Um, and through the journey that he takes with the cardboard boxes, um, going through the world, meeting loads of friends, loads of animals, he rediscovers his imagination. And um, it brings him crashing back, literally crashing, um, back to uh, his living room where his daughter comes back in and he can play with her again. And it's that really beautiful moment of an adult and a child sharing something imaginative and just great. playing for the sake of play. Wonderful work. It sounds brilliant. And, and I think it, it encapsulates, I mean, it's great that this is our last interview of the day because it, I think um, actually... I think all of the work that we've been exploring today with all of the um, with the theatre makers, it, it, I think that's what's great about things that there's so much variety, isn't mm. there? Like everyone is doing something really different, using different forms and experimenting, and, and that's what makes a fringe festival exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I think the way that people have created the work has been quite distinct yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so they've all had very different processes. And there's been a lot of thought, I think, about how the process fits the form mm. and how that relates to the audience that they're trying to attract. Yeah. So it's been, um, it's been a remarkably varied day. Yeah, <laughs> and really interesting. I think the, the programme of events looks great. So, uh, so thank you for coming to the So that's your Salford really Arts Theatre, 6th and 7th, um, the 6th at 6pm and the 7th at 11am. Yes. Fantastic. And how much is it, how, what's the show? It is um, £8, £5 concession. Oh, I bargain. Great. Yeah, okay. Great deal. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, um, all the best. <laughs>